Well, Steve, uh, welcome to RugbyLeagueHub.com again. We're getting a lot of information here from the National Rugby League about what is exactly happening moving forward. Are you getting the same sort of output from Super League in the UK? No, definitely not, uh, Jimmy. It's pretty quiet and, and the RFL have really, uh, you know, uh, led the way. Uh, Ralph Rimmer had a invite-only media briefing about, I think, about a week ago uh, where, where he talked about complying with the, the government instructions. But as far as you know, the clubs are meeting. Um, the Super League clubs have had at least one meeting. Um, the Championship and League One clubs have had uh, a meeting. And really, um, the sort of information that, that is coming out of uh, the NRL is, is far more detailed than, than we're getting here. Uh, obviously, um, the, you know, the clubs outside Super League uh, are really hurting. Uh, here in London, we had uh, the, the owner and financier of uh, London Scholars. He left uh, along with the chairman um, just last week. And what that means for London scholars, uh, it, you know, it's hard to see them surviving. I don't know how they're going to survive. So fans are in the dark a little bit over here, Jimmy. All right. If you have an educated guess about getting back on the field in season 2020, what's your thought? Um, you know, I think that will be, I think it's about as likely uh, as, it, as it is in Australia, to be honest, regardless of the surfeit of information. Um, the, uh, certainly the clubs here rely a lot more on gate receipts than they do in Australia. They don't want to play behind closed doors. You would think, for instance, the Premier League, uh, with all the money involved there in soccer, they would have continued behind closed doors if that was part of the culture here. It is not. Um, um, you know, a professional sport is, is still very much about showing up uh, here and about fans. Uh, so uh, I don't think they'll continue behind closed doors. So basically what I'm saying is if the UK and Australian governments give similar advice, um, I think you'll see, uh, and the NRL will kick off behind closed doors, then rugby league in this country will remain uh, shut down until fans can come in. Well, Steve, you wrote on rugbyleaguehub.com just a day ago about this could be 1997 all over again. Um, has that changed with what's happened of late for the National Rugby League, or do you still believe that's a possibility? No, the big uh, bailout package that Peter Volandis has got together, I think it probably has doused that fire uh, for the moment, but as John Quayle said in 1996, uh, the clubs are loyal to the league like a cow is to hay, and someone's just fed them. So uh, they've just got some hay thrown in the barn. So for, uh, for the for the time being, uh, they are they'll, they'll be loyal again to the NRL. But you know the big difference is the amount of money being. It's all about money. The amount of money being thrown around by the media organisation to sort of sow discontent in 1994, 1995 was was much, much exponentially uh, bigger than the amount of money that, you know, they might have got if they'd done a deal directly with Channel 9. Channel 9 Channel Nine didn't go into a meeting and say, we want to give the clubs more control out of the goodness of their hearts. Uh, and, and we subsequently learned why. There's a document going around uh, that says, oh, look at the Premier League. They've only got 140 employees and we get to keep all the money if we're a Premier League club. But the big difference is, Jimmy, the, the Premier League doesn't run soccer in England. The, the FA does, and the FA has 728 employees. Yeah. Uh, and so the NRL's job is not just to run a competition of 16 clubs, it's to actually um, run the sport. So uh, as I said, uh, Peter Volandis has moved very quickly. They've fallen on their sword financially a little, a little bit, uh, cut, massively cutting uh, their costs for the rest of the season. And as a result, the hay's been thrown in the barn and the clubs will be loyal again for the time being. So, Jimmy, uh, suggestions that players, even when they can go back to training and everything is uh, approaching normality, they still don't want to play for three weeks. They want to, they want to prepare. Uh, what do you think? I mean, is, if everyone's at the same level, if it's a bit messy the first week and it gets product out in the marketplace, does it matter? 
I totally agree with you. Yeah, the most important thing is playing games. The issue is, of course, playing uh, getting injured, um, and you don't want to see that. Quite obviously, there was some talk about the State of Origin series being a way to restart the season, but that would be really tough on the 34 players that are selected for that one, even tougher on the clubs that have to release those 34 players. So I would suggest there'd be a natural build-up into the season. We know that the NRL can go up until late December before they have to play their grand final. Um, so I would think they would take every opportunity to take that. Um, if they said, right, we're, we can go... Um, I think three-week maximum. I, I, I agree with what you say. They've got to get content out there. We've already seen um, Channel 9 and, and Fox say, hey, we're not paying you on April 1. And that, that's going to be devastating, um, possibly uh, eased by the, the recovery package that we've heard about today. But the quicker they get players out there, the better. Well, Steve, one of the things that COVID-19 has done is caused the rationalisation um, and certainly it's happening in sport, most definitely in rugby league. And it looks like that that might be the case for the game in the north of England. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, it's, it's tough times over here. I, I did um, see someone say that oh, at least we're, uh, we're rugby union and the NRL are in a worse position. So we could take some solace in that. <laughs> I think after the, uh, after the bailout from Peter Volandis, we can now say the NRL are not in a worse uh, position um, and obviously the sport isn't uh, very wealthy here um, and I, I see in the Daily Mail my colleague uh, Ross Heppenstall uh, he, he wrote a story with Richard Kramer who's a very well respected sports lawyer he said that uh, Super League and the RFL have to get back together because they can't both individually go to the government and ask to be bailed out um, so um, and, and there's just unnecessarily duplication uh, of resources uh, which we might have seen in Australia if the clubs um, you know had have sort of tried to go it alone so um, there's certainly going to be some big changes here. I don't think every club in all three uh, levels of the sport uh, will survive this. Uh, and, um, and again, we could see the unsplitting of uh, the Rugby Football League and Super League. Uh, and what was the response from the press, from the public, of the call from Super League and the RFL for government monies? I know Peter Volandis was heavily criticised uh, by both sections when he did it here in Australia. Um, because most of the public don't, didn't, weren't even aware of the request uh, because the sport is, uh, is much smaller and it's a regional thing here. Um, I think the people who were aware of the request were rugby league fans and they were cheering and the people who weren't were just blissfully unaware. So um, there was certainly uh, no outcry and also it was a very gentle, it was just like, we are going to need help. But one of the things that came up, in, and we wrote about this on the website too, Jimmy, One of the things that came up uh, in the World Cup uh, media conference, which is obviously digital, like we're talking now, uh, was that, um, you know, there's a huge amount of money um, that is um, uh, uh, dedicated and committed to the World Cup. And and, uh, John Dutton, the uh, CEO of the World Cup, was asked, what if the government takes it back? What if they say, well, this money that we've uh, committed to the World Cup, we want to use it to bail out uh, rugby league. And uh, John Dutton said that that could happen, but he didn't think it would. He said most of the money had already been allocated, although only uh, uh, something like 7% had been spent. Um, and, uh, and he was hopeful that the money that still um, uh, that was you know, uh, allocated for the World Cup will still uh, be given to the World Cup. But he said, if we have to cut our cloth according to the times, uh, we will. But yeah, uh, that is a big concern in a sport like rugby league in this country that Peter could be robbed to pay Paul.